Hey Spirit fans, this is Seth Askelson, and I hope you are enjoying every episode of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast. We are looking forward to bringing you a wide range of guests as we ramp up to the fall season and want you to tune in to each episode to get the best insight and stories from all Spirit programs. As our guest list grows on the podcast, so will our ways you can tune in. The OUAZ Athletics Podcast is now available on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and of course, on the website at ouazspirit.com slash podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe to let us know who you want to hear next and to never miss the next installment. Those four great platforms are where you can find our brand new episodes every week the moment they are available. Once again, you can now find every episode of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and at OUAZSpirit.com slash podcasts. Welcome in again, OUAZ fans. My name is Seth Askelson, and I appreciate you for joining me for yet another edition of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast. My guest today, OUAZ women's golfer, Danielle Talley. Danielle, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, uh, we appreciate you coming on. It's been kind of a, an interesting time, but definitely, you guys were one of, the, I think, the first sport, if I'm correct, to get playing again since the lockdown back in March. So, yeah. um, first off, how, how how have things been for you? Um, been able to get back on the course in real competition over the last few weeks, and but how's everything been for you? Kind of adjusting and jumping back into somewhat of a normal student athlete life. Yeah, it's been really nice. So when we left in, I think, March, middle of March to get back home, um, all my courses were shut down. And so I couldn't really play for the first two months of being home. I mean, I tried my best to get out there when I could. Um, I played more, so I, fundamentals were kind of here and there. And then getting back has been really nice, back to practicing, playing a lot. And obviously competition's a lot different because we're playing, you know, with each other, um, not playing with other teams which has definitely been different. And I thought it was going to be more of a challenge because, you know, when we play qualifying rounds or practice rounds together, we all have a really good time because we all get along so well. So I thought maybe it'd be a struggle to stay so focused, but I did really well, I think, considering the conditions and I had a great time um, the last few tournaments we've played. Yeah, as you mentioned, I think that was a lot of, for the athletes, whether it be golf or whatever sport it may be, a lot of the places that, they were able to play their sport was closed, right? Gyms for basketball. And I mean, even you, you talk about like parks were closing. You couldn't even yeah. run in a grass field, let alone play a sport like golf where it, you know, you need that course in order to kind of get your game back going. When you were finally able to get back out on the course and you took that uh, first swing or first putt, was, uh, was there any rust there or how did it feel to finally get back out so there? So I played, I think I took like maybe a month off ish because I literally couldn't go out and then courses were open only so you couldn't practice on a range like you could just play so I went out with my dad and it was definitely the first few holes did not feel good my back was really tight and you know because I, I mean I was doing like at home workouts but nothing that was like keeping me in shape as I am during the season so it was definitely weird but I jumped back into it. I feel like for me golf at least like it's kind of like riding a bicycle like I can always get back into it after a few holes or just like a quick practice session and then I was playing more consistently and then even Coming back here, adjusting to Arizona, I'm from Houston, so um, the weather's a lot different. I actually prefer playing in dry heat because I just feel like I'm not sweating as much and I don't get as tired as easily. 
Uh, so being back here, I feel like I perform better than I did at home. And I also, when I'm here, um, I'm like in competition zone. Whereas as I'm playing with my dad, I'm just trying to beat him and have fun. Um, so being out here, just I was a lot more zoned in. And it felt good. Do you think that extra time back home, you know, getting about two to three months back in your hometown, as you said, back in Houston, helped you kind of get ready for this year? Maybe give you those couple extra months to unwind and take some time to have that fun and, and relax. Whereas, you know, you go home in, in May and it's back to competition in August. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm always playing tournaments in the summer. So, um, yeah, like I, my dad is always like my number one, like supporter. And he always, we always talk about my goals. And every time I see him, we kind of take a little break and reassess. So it was good to talk about goals for this season and um, within my competition, what I can improve and my swing and stuff. And it was definitely nice to get like a little break. Um, and I only played like, and this was even a bigger break than normal. Cause even like when I was playing in high school, like I would take maybe the end of May, beginning of June off. And I was right back into competition playing, you know, 10, eight tournaments in the summer. I could only play in one tournament this summer. So it was definitely a bigger break. Um, I would have loved to play more, but a lot of tournaments you were traveling far. And obviously with the virus going on, it was hard to travel. So it was nice. What was it like when you found out um, that things were going to go back to somewhat normal in terms of being able to come back to school, right? Obviously you probably didn't know um, right away what competition dates were looking like, mm -hmm. but obviously during the summer, uh, Ottawa the, as the university made a decision that, you know, students would be coming back to campus. When you found out that you were going to be able to come back to Arizona and, and obviously at some point compete, what, what was kind of going through your head? Were you excited to get back? How, how did that go? I was so excited. I had just been like, not that I love being back home and I love my family, but obviously once you kind of get like that independence, you want it back right away. And like being home for four or five months, however long was like not ideal, obviously. So getting back, I was just honestly, like, I obviously wanted to play golf and I wanted to have a season, but I was just like, so excited just finding out I could come back and be back with my college friends and get in the cottages and stuff in the dorm. That's was, and then once I found out we were going to have a season that made me really happy. But I was also like a little nervous once we got the approval because I was just waiting for it to be like taken away because a lot of the stuff was, um, you know, back and forth like, oh, will we go, will we not? And like every email we kept getting was like, we think we're going back, we have a plan and it wasn't like for sure yet. So once we got the go and then I was just waiting till I got here to be sure. Yeah, I was really happy. Daniel, you just mentioned that once you got the emails, you know, as you said, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what changes day by day, but the excitement level was there. And I think you make an interesting point. A lot of people during the pandemic found out that maybe living at home and whether it be with their parents or whoever it may be, maybe isn't the most fun and ideal. Uh, but when you came here, you're a sophomore. What was it like that first year of, of independence? Um, you're away from home. And I mean, it's not like California where it's a five hour drive or, you know, you're not from like Flagstaff. You're, it's, it's a good distance away. What was that, yeah. that first year like for you? I was definitely nervous, um, but, and I'm very close with both my parents. Um, so I don't know, it was weird because I've always been, at, I went through pre-K through 12 at the same school my whole life. I was very comfortable and it was a really small school. I graduated with, I think 56 people in my graduating class. But so even though I was really comfortable in that like space, I definitely wanted to get out of Texas completely. For sure, Houston. I knew I didn't want to go to school there. Texas like was honestly out of the question. And so I knew I wanted to go kind of out of state, but once it was getting closer, I was really nervous. And I was like, is this the right? I think you're always going to have doubts no matter what school you pick. You know, you're like, is this going to be good for me? Is this what I want? 
but as soon as I got here and like I met um, one of my teammates and like I saw Tina in person again like I knew it was the right place for me and it was honestly kind of weird because like by the time I got here um, everything was pretty much built like that even though the dorms weren't open yet and the cafeteria wasn't like everything was built and it was crazy because I remember coming on my recruiting trip and I was like there was nothing here like how did I pick this school and there was nothing and once I got here though I was amazed I'm so glad and I was definitely nervous, but I adjusted super quickly. And I think it makes it easier being on a sport because automatically you kind of have a family here and you don't have to worry about fitting in. And like, you know, these people are always going to have your back no matter what happens. And that felt very quickly. Um, I felt that really quickly. Well, you came into a program that, um, you know, Tina becoming a, a new head coach, obviously she had done assistant coaching here and very accomplished on the LPGA tour. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like as a, a female golfer and a woman golfer to have somebody that has succeeded at, at the highest level as your head coach. Yeah, it was super inspiring. And that's definitely one of the main reasons I chose the school versus going to other golf programs. Um, Cause Clay was still the head coach when I was getting recruited, but Tina, I could tell she had like a lot of impact on the women's golf team. And she just amazed me with like, like just her abilities. And like, you could tell she really cares about her players. And so she was definitely a main um, component for me coming here. And it's really nice. She even now, like, she's a great helper. She gives so much good advice because there's a lot of coaches that, you know, only played college golf and then they like just went straight into coaching and they never played like professionally in tournaments. And she just has like, she's been through every situation. She knows exactly how to coach you through anything. And so that's been really awesome. All these terms we've played, she's been a big help. Now we had a chance to talk with Noah Hoffman on the podcast a couple months back. And when I asked him what Tina had taught him about being a professional golfer he said that she really did help a lot and you know he kind of mentioned you know some days it's not your day you know and and things of that nature what are some of the things that Tina has taught you about being a golfer maybe approaching the game even though you're still in college Mm -hmm. approaching the game in in a professional manner the biggest thing for me has all even like through high school always playing tournaments has been not getting ahead of myself and like not thinking about the end outcome or like what your score is like taking and I, so I struggle with like taking each shot as it comes. Um, and so she's really helped me like staying in the moment, just focusing on the one shot I have at hand, not worrying about whether I'm three under, four over, like how many holes I have left. And we joke about like on the course, like or this um, season, cause we we're all playing together. Like, oh, Tina, what are we having for dinner? And like, we make jokes and we joke about it, but really she's like, okay guys, let's not think about dinner. Let's think about what's going on in the moment, this shot. So that's been the biggest thing for me. That's definitely, I think helped my game a lot. Cause like if I know it happens more when I have like a good score going for me and I have like maybe three, four holes left. I'm like, okay, well, as long as I par every hole, I'll be fine. And it's like, you can't even think like that, even though that's a positive thought you have to think doesn't matter what's happening the next three holes. It happens. What's happening right now. You know, that's been the biggest thing. Well, you've been able to to keep the game in front of you and, and take it, take it one hole, one stroke at a time. And exactly one of those things you accomplished um, you are now the program's single record holder for the best 18 shot round. You shot a 69 um, back on September 22nd. And uh, I mean, just fantastic at the Vanguard Invitational. What was that round like for you? You guys were coming off a, a win back at home. Um, and, and then you hit the road, a, a tournament that, you know, talking with Tina, might not have even yeah, happened. We definitely, I think three days before we like got the news that we might not even go. And every day it was like, are we still going to go? And I was so excited to go because, you know, we hadn't traveled at all. So it was super exciting to get out. That round was thinking back, or I remember walking off like 18. I just let out the biggest like breath. Like there was like so much weight off my shoulders because 
even though Tina does focus and teach me to like stay in the moment, when you know you're three under, or actually I was four under going into the last four, four holes, I think. And so then I bogeyed the like fourth hole going in. I was like, oh gosh, like here it goes. But like, it was just, it was, I had so much fun. Like I didn't know I was three under the first like nine holes, I don't think. Like I was just playing my game, having fun with my teammates. And then like, I all of a sudden knew where I was and it got a little more nerve wracking, but it was such a fun round. And also like, I, I think I've broken par in like a practice round before, like a fun round, but never in a tournament. So blowing past it by like three strokes was insane. Like I was, I, the first person I called was my dad. I was so excited. Like that was just a really awesome moment for me. What did your dad say when, when you he called? He was so excited. He always tells me like, you know, you can't run a marathon without having like run a lot of miles first. And so he always tells me in practice rounds, go try to shoot low, go under, go under. And I was never able to. And then finally I did in a tournament. He was just so excited. I remember, I think he started crying on the phone. I couldn't really tell, but he's always been my number one supporter. He puts so much work into golf and time and effort. So I know he was so excited. I think maybe even more excited than I was. Now we've talked about a little bit and not necessarily talked about, but you mentioned your dad a lot, right? When you go home, you play with him and he was the first person you called when you shot the yeah. under. Where did that connection and that bond between yourself and, and your dad and golf really start and, and how was it built? Well, um, my dad didn't play golf in high school or college. He kind of did it like more as he became like a businessman, like as a hobby to play with clients and stuff. And so when I was really little, he, I think I've always had a set of clubs, like a bad pair at that, but like, you know, just some clubs to go play on the range with him and he would take me out to play and I would like play like three or four holes and I'd ride the rest. Like I wasn't that interested in it. And then I think like in sixth or seventh grade, I got more serious about it. And he's like, okay, well, like if you want to play in college, you got to set some goals and like you have to work hard. And um, we, I mean, we've always been very close outside of golf too, but I think mainly the reason like I stayed so close with golf and then with him as my parents got divorced when I was really little. And um, I'm obviously very close to both of them, but my dad owned his own company and my mom worked for someone. So it was easier for him to take care of me like during the day when like daycare wasn't an option. So I just spent so much time with him and like we weren't at his office or, you know, watching TV, we we're just going to go to the course. Cause that's mainly where that started. Now, as you just said, didn't really start thinking about it seriously until about sixth or seventh grade. Was there ever a time, maybe a tournament, maybe just during practice, or maybe it was a span of a few weeks where you realized, okay, this is something that I could, you know, go to college for, get scholarships, and who knows, maybe end up playing professionally somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I think about it, I thought about it all the time, and then there are obviously the points where, like, is this really what I want to do? This is, like, especially when you play, like, a really bad round, where, like, I'm never coming back from this, but I think in... I honestly want to say, I think it was my going into my freshman year of high school or maybe going into my sophomore year of high school, the end of the summer tournament, it was like my city's championship for um, like junior golfers. And I won that. And that was like, at the time, it was one of my best rounds. I think it was like maybe 85 or 83. It wasn't like a good round for me now. But at the time I was like, oh my gosh, that was incredible. That was so much fun. And that's when I was like, I could definitely do this forever. Like it's an awesome feeling. Well, I know uh, Tina and, and the rest of us who follow OUAZ Women's Golf would hope that we could keep you forever. But uh, unfortunately, the rules, you can only stay I know. four years. And uh, But when you chose this school, I mean, you mentioned Tina being on the LG, LPGA Tour was one of the factors. And you kind of picked a school that didn't have anything. And then when you showed up, you know, it's like it's like picking the, the plot of land you want your house built yeah. on and then coming back and the house is built. But 
what were some of the other factors when it came into selecting OUAZ? Well, when I first started my college search, I was like, I'm not going to a small school. Like it's not happening. And like, I just want to go to a big school because like I've been at a small school in my life. And then as I like realized more about myself, I was like, okay, well, I don't think I'm going to do so well at a huge school because I've never been at one. Like, let's take some small steps. So then I started, okay, Ottawa's a small school. Um, like, I think I'll fit in well here. And then also weather is a big component because I mean, any other sport, not any other, but a lot of other sports are played indoors. You practice indoors. So it doesn't matter what the city's like or what the weather's like. But for golf, um, I was looking at some schools in the Northeast and I realized we get like three months of playing time and everything else is so cold. So I don't want to go there. And Arizona is like kind of known for golf and there's so many golf courses. And then when, te- when I came on my recruiting visit, that honestly sealed the deal because um, I wasn't super sure before, but she showed us the different courses. We actually played together at one of the courses um, that we play at now, but seeing all the different options that are here and like the weather, dry heat, I was like, yeah, this is so basically weather, Tina, and then the school size was the main factors in me coming here. I mean, that's a, a good recruiting tool I didn't even think about, especially in Arizona. You could yeah. take somebody out for a <laughs> round of golf and basically recruit on that yeah, one. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and uh, how's, how does Tina shoot still? When I mean, I know that was a few years back, but is she? She actually played really – she even said, she's like, that was one of my better rounds recently. She played really well. We played – it was um, it wasn't like a tournament, but it was like a – it was at Briarwood and they have a lot of their members. They do like just fun weekend tournaments. They're not tournaments. It's like everybody plays at the same time. And so we were just like playing together and it was really fun. She played really well. I remember she chipped well, she putted well. I don't remember her score, but I remember being super impressed. I was like, Oh, I don't even think I can beat my own coach. She was really good. She still has it. That's for sure. That's good. Maybe we'll uh, contact the NAI and see if she has any, get her a grad year. Yeah. See if she has any eligibility left. That would help our team. That'd be awesome. That's right. Well, I mean, your team is, is really helping themselves. Um, we're even dating back to, to last season, the SMSU shootout was a tournament victory, winning two in a row to start the year. So you'd won three tournaments in a row. Uh, things didn't go your way necessarily in Oklahoma City, but uh, got to size yourself up against uh, some really good competition out there. Yeah. Um, what was it like to start this season? You win the two in a row um, and then play some really good competition in OKC, as we just mentioned. How's the start of the season been and, and how do you feel about the team? I feel awesome about our team. You know, like everybody, even the new girls, like we aren't sure. Like you, you know, you hear a lot about the new girls. Oh, they're good. They're this. But seeing them play, like I am so excited for, you know, even the next the season, next three years. Um, Molly and Emma and myself, all three of us have both improved so much over the summer. And from last season, Emma's shooting like consistently really low scores. Molly's in the 70s now. And I know it was kind of a bummer losing Haley, who was our number one player last year. Um, we all really wanted to finish the season with her. And obviously she was graduating anyway, and we knew that. Um, so that was kind of a loss. She was a great player, but everyone else has really stepped up to the plate. And now we have Haley as our GA, which has been really awesome. And she's the best. You had mentioned, and, and I want to touch on that with Haley being the GA. Um, are there any moments, as you said, sometimes with Tina, you guys are joking about, you know, where are we going to go to dinner, you know, and, and she's trying to get you guys to focus. Is there any times where you're trying to joke around with Haley? I mean, obviously a teammate no less than six months ago, anytime that you guys are trying to trying to get her going a little bit and, and does she buy in or does she kind of jump into coach mode and, and kind of cancel that out? Yeah, we actually talked about that because it's like, okay, Haley, like we don't want to cross any boundaries because the way we would joke with Haley, is, who was our teammate, is obviously way different than how we would joke with Coach Tina. 
But um, I mean, it's it's honestly been kind of easy finding the balance because she's a very lighthearted and like she's the one I go to on the course when um, like if I'm having a bad hole, she can cheer me up right away, just like she would as a player last year. Um, so, I mean, we joke about it. Like we call her coach Haley, but she doesn't really like it. Like for us, she like would rather just call her Haley. Um, so, I mean, I thought it was going to be harder than it was to kind of find the balance because obviously you don't want to be disrespectful to your coach, but we all understand. And Tina and Haley obviously understand that she was a player and we have a different relationship with her than like the new girls coming in, only knowing her as a coach. Um, but it's been pretty easy. I mean, at the end of the day, she's still one of our best friends and, um, I think that makes it better for us on the course. Cause like I said, she can keep it lighthearted and get us in a good mood when we've been playing bad. Now with Haley, obviously um, being a GA, she played last year with you. And, and this is not to mean any sort of disrespect to the rest of the GAs around the department, because all graduate assistant coaches have been fantastic for all programs. Does it help that she played in the program really understands what it's been like from the ground up and just transitioned easy. Do you think it it's made that process a little bit easier instead of bringing in a, a GA from the outside who still trying to understand the program culture and, and how Tina runs things and, and everything else just surrounding that? Yeah, for Haley, I think it probably made it a lot easier because especially she knew Tina. It wasn't like Tina was also a new coach and, you know, Haley and Tina get along so well. And um yeah, I think also she has a lot of passion for the program because she was here from the beginning, like seeing she helped build it. And so she gets so excited when any of us play well. She's, yeah, I think it definitely, but also, you know, we have Timmy, our other GA, and we didn't know him at all. And he's also fit in super well. Um, he played um, at us like another school, small school. So similar vibe. And I think that helped him fit in well. Um, and so we got close with him really easily. And Tina just did a great job of recruiting two really good GAs that help us a lot. And they both have the same vibe where they like cheer us up and like, obviously they help us. Haley knows so much about the game. Um, I haven't played with Timmy in a tournament. He hasn't really coached us as much, but Haley knows so much. She has every shot on her bag. So she knows exactly how to help you and give you the different options if you're in a tough situation. Is there any time, especially now that you guys are traveling as a team, you maybe look at Haley and, and when she's suggesting a shot, you hand her the club and ask her to do it for you. <laughs> Honestly, there was two times actually when we played our first tournament in Verado, I had one shot and I was, I had hit my drive bat. I was in the rocks and the desert area of the course. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, and she was like, I mean, you can just hit it. Like just hit it. You can do it. And it was obviously a tough shot. I was like, I don't know if I can hit it. And, um, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, it was my choice to hit the shot. I didn't hit it well, but there are so many times where I just want her to hit. Cause actually, she doesn't play as consistently anymore obviously she's not um on our team but she went out and played with us the other day and she still hits the ball like a mile she's still very accurate yeah so it's fun going out with her that's good that to, to have a coach you know a coach your age you know who's played at the college level most recently mm -hmm. able to tell you to, to take some of those shots as you said sometimes you're in the rocks and you don't want to necessarily take the stroke penalty to do a drop and and things of that nature. So that's really good. And, and another thing is with the pandemic, a lot of teams and a lot of tournaments are having teams travel together. So for OUAZ, the two men's teams traveled, you know, obviously A team, B team, um, the women's team traveled together and the individuals traveled together a lot different from what it normally is where you're, you know, going with other teams and, and mm -hmm. players from other teams and you're never with your teammates what has that transition been like for you as a golfer? 
Um, it's been like, honestly, pretty easy. Definitely a lot easier than I thought. Um, like I mentioned earlier, like we get along so well, which like you, would, I mean, that sounds like it's not a problem, but you would think like when we're all playing together, traveling together, we wouldn't take it as seriously. And, but we, I mean, we all really do care about the sport and it's since it's like kind of a team aspect, even though golf is individual, it's also like, if you play bad, it affects the team score. And so we all want to play well with each other. So when we're in the moment, like we're all zoned in and we obviously know how to joke around, but like when you step up to the shot, you know, that like, this is for your score, for your team. And we all take it really seriously. So it's been an easy, and I think, like I said, like it helps having other players on the team who care just as much as I do or everyone else does, which is why the transition has been so easy. Now, I remember um, during the, the tournament back at, at Verado when you guys were shooting on the 18th tee and uh, you guys got to witness me nearly get taken down by a singular B. That was so funny. Yeah, that was very tough. Uh, definitely a little uh, trauma of dating back to when we were trying to take pictures at Surprise Stadium for baseball and there was a beehive directly underneath us and I got chased around by bees. Yeah, that sounds awful. Um, but it's one of those things where as a, as a team group, does it help to maybe settle in and, and calm down when you're traveling with your team? I mean, I've never played golf in my entire life and and being you know usually when you're in a team sport as you said like like football like basketball you're with your teammates normally does being with your teammates in golf or normally you're with people you usually don't know kind of help you maybe settle in and focus a little bit better um I honestly think it depends on the player for me that's what I was kind of most not worried I guess worried is the word like when I found out that's the format how we're playing is with each other versus like with people from other teams that's what I enjoy most about competition golf because it's like you're playing people you don't know and like not I mean you're playing against yourself that's what I always tell myself like it's not always a competition like you just need to focus on yourself and control what you can control but it's nice on like the second day of the tournament or the last round when you're playing with the girl that like has the same scores you guys are tied for first or second like you're watching each other's shots just trying to like you know beat each other to be honest so I was going to, I do miss that aspect. And that's what I was worried about because I wasn't going to be able to see. I think like in, I don't know what tournament it was, but there was a tournament where I was like first or second or fifth. And if I would have been in normal format, you know, you've been playing with the girls who are beating you. And then, so it's nice to be able to see, okay, am I going to catch up to them? So in Verado, um, or not Verado, excuse me, when we were in California, you just didn't know you're just playing your game. But I think that aspect also is good for me because I struggle with staying in the moment and staying one shot at a time. I was forced to do that because I didn't know what the other teams were doing. And it wasn't like I'd call Tina and be like, hey, Tina, can you go check on the other girls? No, because she's you know working with us and working with our players. So I think it helped me, honestly. But I do miss it. And I hope next season or in the spring, we can go back to that format and playing with other teams. Now, when you're near the top of the leaderboard and you're playing with players who are, you know, you're fighting for that positioning for that, you know, to win the tournament individually. Um, what kind of player are you in terms of when other players are shooting? Are you, you know, kind of staring them down a little bit, trying to get in their head? I mean, obviously you're focusing on your shots when you're up, but are you one that, you know, tries to stare down a little bit, maybe, you know, try and joke around, throw them off their game? What, is, what does that look like? Yeah, I don't like to admit it, but I am kind of like, I do enjoy playing uh, head games a little bit. I mean, I do it with my dad and like my friends, like not in any tournament rounds, obviously, but with, with my dad and my own teammates, like we joke around with each other and we're like, Ooh, good shot when it wasn't a good shot. And I don't do it like that with, um, you know, other people, but it is kind of fun to get in their head. And like, I think it, 
happened because I used to be that girl that people were getting in my head. And so once I figured out how to like not let the other people affect me in other comments, it's kind of fun. But at the end of the day, like I try to focus on my game and like you all, golf is kind of, um, it's different for me because I always am rooting for the other people too. You know, you want them to play well and you just want to play like a stroke or two better. But I mean, yeah, I am a little bit like staring them down. That's good. Getting ahead of the opponent in, in golf where, you know, no crowd noise, you, you know, nobody, it's not like a basketball game where you get loud when the other team has the ball or, you know, has their shot. It's, you gotta, gotta get creative a little bit with your mind. Yeah, game. You I can't you... scream in the back of someone's putt or anything like that, you know? So it's definitely different from basketball or football, but yeah. Yeah, I've heard you, not necessarily on the course, but when you get back to the clubhouse and you're pretty pretty witty and pretty funny yourself. So thank you. definitely would throw that in there if I was you playing with the other For players. sure, yeah. Um, as you mentioned, you're from Houston, wanted to get out of Texas, and you made your way to Arizona now. What do the golf courses compare to, to Texas here in Arizona? Obviously, the golf courses here are known maybe more because it's, you know, a, a snowbird haven for people from Canada, Minnesota, the Dakotas, things of that nature. But in terms of like actual courses, are, are the courses here better? Do you like it better in Texas? What does that look like? Um, I really enjoy playing desert courses, which is a lot of what you see here. There's not as many tree-lined courses and back home. It's a lot of tree-lined courses and like some courses are windier. Like when we played in Oklahoma, it was a bit more similar to what I have back home, not as windy. Um, it's not as windy in Houston, but like it's more similar. There's more trees, a lot less desert. So here it's different because when you get in the desert, it's either you can, you have a shot or you're surrounded by cactuses. And that's not what it's like at home at all. And then besides the golf course, obviously the weather, it's more humid at home. So the ball is not going to travel as far like through the air. And so that's another adjustment you have to think about. And going from Oklahoma to California to Arizona, it's all different. You have to think about the wind and the humidity in the air. I remember when we were at Verado earlier this year, there was signs up, you know, saying, don't feed the wildlife. You know, if a snake comes down or mountain lion, you know, just don't interact, walk away, whatever. Have you seen any animals or any wildlife yet while you've been out on the courses here in Arizona? Uh, we see some coyotes, but it's like they're only, it's not in a pack or anything. Cause I know if they're in a pack, you have to get away. It's just like one. And it's usually right around dusk, um, kind of getting dark. Um, I think I might've seen a dead snake one time run over. I mean, we see bunnies all the time, but those aren't too scary. And then I remember one time, it was before I even like knew about coming to Ottawa. I was playing a tournament out here and my dad and I were playing um, like after the tournament was over driving back home. I don't remember what course, but we saw like one of those big wild hogs. Um, and apparently they're really like scary if you get, they can attack you if you get too close. So that was a little scary, but I mean, overall, I don't, I try to stay in the middle so I don't have to go to the desert and see any wildlife. Obviously that doesn't happen as often as I'd like, but um, usually it's pretty open. So the wildlife stays away. I think they're just as scared as, of us as we are of them. So I think that's probably why I don't see as many. No, I agree. I'd, I'd stay the heck away too. I mean, that's almost a, a good encourager to keep the ball straight on the course, right? Yeah. I don't have to go out there and interact with the wildlife. I don't care where I hit it down the middle. It just don't have to go out there. Exactly. So, and then another thing that uh, I think Houston or Texas people and Arizona people maybe battle about a little bit, very strong Latin communities and in particular Mexican uh, communities. Mm -hmm. what, who has the better Mexican food, Texas or Arizona? Texas, 100%. Really? Why is that? Yeah. Um, 
See, okay, I honestly don't, I'm very, just biased. I don't know. I mean, I've had Mexican food besides Chipotle, which doesn't count, um, even though I do love Chipotle. I've only had like authentic Mexican food out here twice. And it was really good both times. But I don't know, back home is like Tex-Mex is just like a thing. And it's different from like Mexican Mexican food, which I found better in Houston. Um, I don't know, I just, and also I have my mom that makes me the authentic Mexican food. And I don't have that here. So maybe that's part of my bias. But if I did more research and ate at more places, I would still think Texas has better. I don't know, I think, I don't really have a reasoning, but definitely I'm gonna say Texas. I don't know. Uh, mom's home cooking is a pretty good reason to say Texas is better. I think, exactly, uh, yeah. I think I'd give you that one. So, um, Danielle, we really appreciate your time and, and coming on and, and giving insight a little bit into yourself. Uh, are there any final thoughts, any final words you want to leave with uh, OUAZ fans, the community, your teammates listening, your coaches, whatever it may be? Um. Just that, thank you all so much for supporting us and to keep watching because I think we're going to have a really good season this year and we have a lot of talent on the team. And um, yeah, thank you, Tina, for recruiting me and bringing me out here. And thank you, Seth, for having me on the podcast. Yes, I'll definitely thank Tina for bringing you in too and, and giving us a chance to have one of the good personalities of the golf team come on and, and talk about uh, the journey it's been so far. So Danielle, thank you so much again and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. You too, thank you so much. Thank you.